We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You are listening to On The Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello and welcome to On the Daily, a daily fantasy sports podcast brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. My name is Matt Lamarca. I am an employee of the Action Network and Fantasy Labs. I'm also the co-host of the Laying the Points podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. I'm joined as always by my two co-hosts. First, he is the other co-host of the Laying the Points podcast, and his work has appeared all across the fantasy industry. Uh, currently, he's doing an article a week over at the Action Network where he's using his expertise as a coach and data man. What's the word there? A data man. I don't know. He's using that expertise to exploit some uh, maybe undervalued matchup for DFS, but perhaps most famously, he might be the best DFS tilter in all of Twitter. He is Anthony Amico, who you can find on Twitter at Amixa. Anthony, how is everything going? Have you cooled down a bit since week one? Yeah, I'm actually doing all right. Um, Data Man sounds like a really lame superhero, by the way. Um, but yeah, I mean, week one was crazy. I think that uh, if you've been doing this for a while, you kind of expect that. So I'm ready for week two. I want to just get into the part where like we know the most, so we make all the money. And that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I think week two should be much tougher, at least. You know, like there aren't so many free squares. So uh, I'm excited. My other co-host, he is back after missing last week's show for the very selfish reasons, I might add, of tending to his wife and newborn child. He is the host of the Bogey Free Podcast. His work has appeared on DraftKings. He is Matt Jones, who you can find on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. Matt, how is uh, dad life treating you so far? It's great. Loving life. Not really sleeping much, but... uh... I'm able to get a little extra research in while the uh, baby's hysterically crying and we're up in the middle of the night. So I got that going for me, I guess. 
Yeah, I'm gonna say that maybe doesn't sound great to me. <laughs> but, uh, I feel like once you get past a certain point of like just sleep deprivation, like it doesn't matter anymore. So I apologize in advance if I'm like extra punchy tonight, but it's uh, it's probably gonna happen. I want it. I'm here for the hot takes. Right. I can't um, wait for the first time we get like a message from you at like three o'clock on a Sunday, like. Oh shit! I put the wrong Adrian Peterson in my cash lineup, like something, <laughs> something like that. Like, oh yeah, that's definitely gonna happen. <laughs> uh, before we get into this week's show, I just want to remind everyone you can get a thirty percent discount to a Rotoviz subscription through the podcast homepage. That is rotoviz.com/podcast. That gets you access to all of the great in-season content that we will be providing at Rotoviz. You know, waiver wire, weekly start sits trade targets, all things of that nature. So definitely check that out. We also just launched a Patreon account. That is patreon.com slash Radio. That helps support our 10 weekly podcasts during the NFL season and also gives you access to Rotoviz Live, which is the new uh, live show airing every Sunday at 11 a.m. during the NFL season. You can uh, get access to our hosts, ask start-sit questions, DFS targets, so I think that that's definitely a, a really nice value at just $5 a month. So before we move on to week two, let's do a brief refresh from week one. First, Anthony, congratulations for taking down the inaugural three-man contest between me, you, and Jonesy. Uh, that said, uh, I'm still thinking that I should have won. All I needed was eight points from Marquise Goodwin, and he got hurt. So I'm mentally counting it as a win for myself. You know. That's that's just how I do things. Uh, that said, not a particularly impressive showing from either of us. I mean, we all scored a lot of points, but so did everybody else. I think we all would have been right around the 50% mark. Anthony, you would have been a little bit higher than uh, me and Jonesy. But again, like I think we could have done better. So, Anthony, first, do you want to speak briefly about your lineup from last week? Uh, I mean, we don't even really have to, like, I, I just played like the best plays, you know, like I had Connor, <laughs> I had Kamara, like those guys you had to have. And then like, from there, kind of like how you didn't cash really just came down to like, which of the studs you took that were left, like Melvin Gordon smash. I didn't have him, but I had, you know, Keenan Allen, I had AJ green. Um, I mean, that's, that's kind of how the cash week went. Like, I feel like you could have had, like you mentioned, you could have had a great lineup. Like you could have made nine really good calls last week and still not made any money so i think this week will be a little bit different uh and a little bit tougher and i think that that certainly favors uh that favors the shark you know that favors those who are going to do the work that favors those who are listening to this podcast and uh i'm ready i mean i had the same i will say i had the same cash lineup last week as al smiz so that made me feel a little validated in terms of my process nice yeah um, all right, let's play some some quick DFS buy or sell. So I think the biggest topic right now is James Conner. As long as Le'Veon, is Bell, Le'Veon Bell is absent from the team, he deserves to be treated exactly like him moving forward. Let's start with you, Jonesy. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm basically considering, I guess that's a buy. Like, I'm basically considering using him as much as possible. Like, his price isn't gonna reach what bells would be and he's gonna have the same role and if i believe that running backs are utterly replaceable like i do then why wouldn't i play a cheaper version of the same role amico 
easy buy. No, no fence sitting for me on this. I mean, Mike Tomlin's always used one running back heavily in his offense. Connor received 100% of running back touches on Sunday. I, uh, I just think that he's a complete smash until he gets to like eight or nine K. Yep. I'm buying as well. Uh, all right. Buy or sell Alvin Kamara is the number one fantasy running back until Mark Engram returns from his suspension. Miko, we'll start with you this time. I mean, it's a sell for me, but he's definitely top three. Like I'm just going to take the volume for Connor slash bell and Gurley over him. Um, but Kamara obviously is, is a monster. And, and I think it's kind of worth noting too, that if the saints defense is going to be this bad, Mark Ingram coming back, might not even change that much for him because you know, if they're, if they're in shootouts, I think that Kamara stays on the field anyway. Jonesy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I feel like the Ingram part of this doesn't even really matter that much because we didn't really see like a huge jump in volume for him versus what we would probably have expected. Um, uh, he's not number one. He's probably like top three. Um, so I guess that's a sell. I think I'm going to buy in PPR formats. I, I like. I just think that the Saints offense right now looks to be just give the ball to Kamara and Mike Thomas as much as possible. Like those two guys, I think had a combined receiving market share of like 60% last week. And if Kamara is going to be that involved in the receiving game and he's going to get his, you know, 10 carries a week, that's that's extremely valuable for me. So I will take him over uh, Connor Bell and Gurley, uh, certainly over Zeke and DJ at this point. Um, so I think I'm a little bit higher on Kamara than you guys. Uh, buy or sell, Patrick Mahomes will finish as a top three fantasy quarterback. Amico. I mean, it pains me to say this, but I think I have to sell. I just think the schedule is, is going to be too tough. You know, they play Denver twice, Jags. Uh, Chargers later in the season might be a little healthier. Like I just, I don't really see the stars aligning for him, but obviously I do think that he is very good and he is my adopted son. So <laughs> uh, Jonesy. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm going to just buy it. Why not? Because yeah, I've, gone out, go. I've gone out on such a limb with like all my friends about how I think Mahomes is going to be good. And like last week was such a good start for me. Cause I knew I would have, like just heard so much crap if he ended up sucking last week. So just give it to me. It, he's going to be top three. I'm going to sell, but I think it's close. Uh, buy or sell Kenny Galladay. He's going to be the top fantasy wide receiver in Detroit. I'm going to start this one. I'm buying. Uh, Golden Tate ended up seeing more targets than uh, Galladay. But while the game was competitive, Galladay was the guy. And I just think that he's the most talented option of the trio. Um, so I think for sure it's, it's either him or Tate, but I, I like Kenny Galladay. I think that, you know, anyone who invested in him this off season is going to be rewarded. Uh, Jones, what's your take here? Yeah, I agree. I think, I think for all intents and purposes, he's already pretty much taken over Marvin Jones, even though the pricing doesn't reflect that, which we'll get to probably a bit later. Um, you know, he saw more targets than him. He, he just accounting for six first downs was what really like opened my eyes like he's they're using him and it I don't think it's going anywhere so it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up overtaking uh Tate by the end of the year Amico I mean I just can't believe that him out producing Jones is like a surprise like the writing was on the wall for this last year um I want to flex too hard on that but I do still think that Tate is gonna outscore him just because I think like the low a dot receivers like in PPR is just ultimately going to gather a ton of points, but I, I definitely think that Galladay is going to outscore Jones. 
All right, last one, buy or sell. Johnny Smith is going to be a tight end one for fantasy purposes after the injury to Delaney Walker. Amico. I am buying. Elite athlete, elite college producer, could be second in targets behind Corey Davis. I mean, Delaney Walker obviously was a, a pretty big target share guy in the offense. I think John New Smith is a better a better athlete at this point, so I'm going to buy. Jones. Yeah, I agree. It's a buy, too. Like, just strictly, like, it doesn't even have to do that much with, like, him in particular. It's just, like, tight end is such a dumpster fire. Like, who, like, anybody could be a... a tight end one because you just need to score like a couple touchdowns every once in a while and you're good. So I don't see why he wouldn't be able to with uh, Walker's injury. Yeah, I'm on the fence. Like, I think I'm going to sell just because if week one is any indication, Corey Davis is going to just have a huge market share in that offense. I'm not sure, you know, how much that's going to leave for the tight end position. But, you know, I think he's close to that, you know, tight end 12 range for me. So he's somebody that I like. Definitely somebody that I think we can talk about when we get to tight ends for week two. All right, let's move on. We're going to start with QBs. Uh, Three teams stand out above the rest from a Vegas perspective this week. That's the Saints, the Steelers, and the Rams. How are you approaching their three quarterbacks for both cash games and GPPs? Let's start with Amico. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely willing to play Ben or Breeze if I can get them in cash. Uh, those games will certainly be pass heavy and high scoring. Uh, ben is probably my favorite GPP quarterback right now. I think he'll be a little under owned coming off a down week. You know, there's a little, couple of rumors about him maybe being a little banged up. So I think that that'll suppress his ownership a little bit. Uh, and obviously there's other quarterbacks that are in good spots. Uh, Goff is, is like a 1K less than both those guys, but he's still more of a GPP option to me. If you look at the fantasy labs trends tool. Uh, Goff has been a favorite of five or more eight times in his career already. Uh, his average plus minus is 2.19, really, really good. But the consistency rating is just 37.5%. So I think that there's some real upside here, uh, but we probably shouldn't necessarily expect him to exceed expectations in this spot uh, as a cash play. Yeah, I think I agree with all of that. I mean, Ben or Breeze are the guys if you can pay up for them in cash which I think is going to be very difficult to do this week because there are just so many high-priced guys you're going to want to get into your lineup. But I love Goff as a GPP play. Like I think most people in that game are going to focus on Gurley, but Goff certainly has the potential to throw for the touchdowns instead of Gurley running them in. And uh, you know I think he's going to come in with much lower ownership than those top two guys. Um, Jones, what do you think here? Yeah, well, now I'm a little concerned because I was absolutely going to say that Goff is is probably going to make his way into my cash lineup. Ooh. Um, I just the the discount, like uh, like Anthony mentioned, is what's really like sort of driving me towards him. Obviously, you're if you're building multiple lineups, you're going to want to get exposure to each of these guys because of the potential scoring in their respective games. But I I am going to probably end up on Goff quite a bit. Um, again, just because of the discount. All right, let's pivot to some GPP options. Who are some higher price guys that you're considering if you're pivoting away from you know the the chalk options? Let's start with you this time, Jonesy. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess like Deshaun Watson. Like, is there really a reason not to play him? Um, the the ceiling is obviously there. He's only sixty three hundred. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm. I'm probably going to have my highest exposure outside of the guys we already mentioned um, between Watson and a guy I'll talk about in another minute. 
Okay. Amico? Yeah, I mean, high-priced Patty Mahomes, it's not even super high. He's only 6,100 on DraftKings. Like, good price. I think that we expect scoring in that game. They're going to have to throw. I think that's kind of the narrative around uh, this team all year. So I, I definitely think that you can pay for Mahomes uh, and save a little bit on those, you know, those other top guys. Yeah, I think those are the two guys I'm eyeing as well. I'll throw Matt Stafford out as well as an option. Um, I think that he's just due for a little bit of a bounce back after a pretty dreadful week in week one. Um, I think he's better than, you know, a $6,100 price tag that he currently has on DraftKings. All right, let's move down the pricing spectrum. Who are some lower price guys that you're considering for cash games and GPPs? Um, I mentioned I'm probably going with the, you know, cheap quarterback route this week just because there are a ton of wide receivers and and running backs who look like they're just in smash spots. So if you are paying down, who are some of the guys that you're targeting? Amico. I mean, for me, like Jimmy G is the cash play. Uh, if you're looking to go a little cheaper, just because I think that he like is obviously not going to throw three picks again. I think that Detroit's secondary is is very pitiful. So I think you can get by with him. Uh, and in tournaments, if if Mariota plays, I think he's in a really nice GPP play. I mean, he's 5,600. I don't think anybody's going to play him after last week. Uh, but I think this is a really good matchup for him to pick up some yards on the ground. And, uh, you know, Houston's defense really isn't that great. Like, uh, I didn't think they did a great job against New England. Granted, it's New England. But uh, I certainly think they can be beat, and they have some injuries in their secondary as well. So I, I like uh, Mariota as a cheap GPP flyer. Jonesy. Yeah, I agree with those. Um, I, I'm, oh God, it's so gross, but like, I kind of want, want to maybe get some exposure to Case Keenum too, which is like disgusting and hard to like let it leave my mouth saying that. Why? Just I played, it's Case I played Keenum. him in cash last week. <laughs> right. And like, but like he has, I feel like there's like the weapons there, the access to a ceiling for his price is pretty legit. Obviously, you know, there's always a chance for for sort of a bust there. Um, he probably has a, a pretty low floor, but um, for for a guy who's probably only going to be like five percent owned or something like that, it's I think I would take a shot on him as well. Yeah, I, I'm going. Maybe this is obvious, but uh, Tyrod Taylor, like I loved him last week, and that game was in awful conditions. And now he's going into the Superdome to play a team that just gave up 48 points to Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, you know, he's a little more expensive than he was last week. He's 5,900, but, you know, he's still sub 6K and he gives you that rushing floor and obviously the weapons that he has going up against New Orleans that could uh, that could be a, a laser show out there. All right. If you guys want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league, look no further than Squad QL, the only mobile app that you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Squad QL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, the bench players, and the free agent pool. You may ask, how does Squad QL actually do this? Don't worry, Jonesy. The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulls in your actual roster and league scoring system. Squad QL provides waiver and trade recommendations, plus the app gives you player rankings each week. It's all based on your league settings. Squad QL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to squadql.com to download Squad QL, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. Squad QL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the lead daily fantasy lineup optimizer, trusted by 100,000 DFS players. 
You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android. I'm very happy to say that uh, I have done that and because I'm a company man. And uh, I really like it. I mean, <laughs> it's exactly what the ad read says. So I mean, <laughs> definitely go and definitely go and do that. It's it's awesome. <laughs> I like it. Um, all right, let's move on to running backs. The theme of the RB position last week was value. Um, this week, much tougher, I think, to find a guy who has, you know, the same kind of upside that, you know, James Conner did at 4,500. Like, if you didn't just lock in James Conner last week, you lost in cash. And unfortunately, I was, I, well, I, I played him in cash, but I didn't play him nearly enough in GPPs, which is why I got hurt there. So it's going to be a little tougher this week to find the value plays. Who are some guys that you are leaning on here, Amico? I mean, I really like Peyton Barber at 4K. I think that the price is more reflective of the result and not kind of how he got there. I mean, didn't score a touchdown in a shootout. Didn't catch a pass, but he played on 73% of the snaps. He saw 83% of the running back touches for the Bucks in week one. And uh, Ronald Jones wasn't even active. So I feel like, you know, the team really trusts Peyton Barber. And in a football game, he does a little more damage. Yeah, I think that's a really good call. Uh, I definitely like Peyton Barber this week. Um, Jonesy, anybody else you're looking at? Well, I was all ready to give my like TJ Yeldon spiel, and then Josina Anderson reported that Fournette's probably going to play. So that's a little bit of a bummer. Oh, man. Um, it's a real bummer when those guys are healthy, you know? I know. It's just, I, well, like <laughs> I prepared, like I prepared two things, and one of them gets taken out by Josina Anderson. Like, come on. Um, I, I don't really think it's, I don't know. I, I really like either of the, uh, the running backs in the Carolina uh, Atlanta game. I'm, I don't know if we, I'm really considering like Christian McCaffrey, like a value. I guess he's 7K this week. So it's not like, yeah, that's the opposite of a value, but like it's not because like he's going <laughs> to so whatever. Screw it then. I'll save him for a minute. So I'll go with Tevin Coleman then. And he's 5,300. Freeman looks banged up. He mispracticed today. He'll probably end up playing, but probably won't play as much. Um, and even with Freeman in the game last week, uh, you know, they, he scored a touchdown. He saw more than 50% of the snaps. Atlanta's six point favorites. Like all these things are what we want out of a running back. So the, uh, the price is pretty good on Coleman. And I'll talk about Christian McCaffrey later, Lamarca. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going back to the Rex Burkhead. Well, assuming that he plays, uh, the, the biggest concern with Burkhead was that. Jeremy Hill was going to get the goal line work and that can no longer happen because he is not playing football this season. He is ACL-less. So I think Burkhead for sure now has that goal line uh, role in hand. He didn't really do great last week, but uh, you know, I think again, we want to be more process oriented than results oriented. So I'm going back to the Burkhead well at 4,400 Jacksonville, while they are an elite defense, they can struggle with the running games at times. And I think if they get in close, Burkett has a chance to score. He'll obviously still be involved in the passing game, I think, even though he only saw three targets last week. So I like Burkett again because I am uh, stubborn on him, I guess. So I'm in on the Burke. All right, let's go up to the top of the par- the pricing spectrum. Um, Gurley and Kamara both appear to be in excellent spots, big favorites at home. Do you is Do you have a preference on one? Is it possible to play both of them in cash games? 
And does Melvin Gordon deserve to be in the consideration as well? He's on the road, but a seven-point favorite against Buffalo. Uh, let's start with you, Jonesy. Well, LaMarca, I would like to throw Christian McCaffrey's name into this as well, but I'll <laughs> answer your questions first. Um, <laughs> between Gurley and Kamara, like I'll, I would imagine that they would have like remarkably similar projections. So I would just take the 300 bucks and play Gurley instead. Um, but Gordon absolutely deserves to be in that conversation too, even though he's on the road, um, like big favorites like that, just you, even on the road, like if it's over a touchdown, it doesn't really scare me as much. If you're talking about like a field goal favorite, then it's a different conversation. Um, should I talk about Chris McCaffrey now or yeah, go ahead. Just get it out of the way. (laughs) The the irony of all this is like, I don't like Christian McCaffrey. Like my entire season last year on my show was spent talking about how much I don't like Christian McCaffrey. So the irony here is just is, is very high. Um, but I really think that the Olsen injury uh, helps him out quite a bit. Last year, he's ended up scoring over three more PPR points per game uh, with Olsen out. Saw a few extra targets each week. Um, and he's just on the field the whole game. Like he played 57 to 67 snaps last week. So I just feel like it's the, the ceiling is there. The floor is there. So I'm going to play Christian McCaffrey. And I'm sure it's going to blow up in my face because whenever I do this in golf where I like play a guy I hate, it doesn't work. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like Christian McCaffrey. I don't know how you can hate Christian McCaffrey. It's I, uh, that's such like an unfun take. I Well, I'm not very fun. Yeah, you're a dad now. <laughs> like, you're, you're a dad I, now. I lack fun. <laughs> if you look at how McCaffrey was used in week one, he had a 53% uh, rushing share, you know, CJ Anderson is definitely still involved there, but McCaffrey got the biggest piece of the pie. He also got a goal line carry, which I think is pretty big. And he had a 36% market share as a receiver. So he's basically like a wide receiver and a running back combined at this point, which is just awesome. Like, yeah, I, I, th- I totally agree that he is um, a smash at 7k. I'm not sure if I'll be able to afford him uh, in my cash game team, but he's somebody I'm going to ha- just have tons of in GPPs. Uh, Amico, what are your thoughts on these stud running backs this week? Yeah, I mean, I, I prefer the savings with Gurley. I prefer like the slightly more stable workload. Um, but I don't think you necessarily need to play either of those guys in cash. Like, I, I really like the Gordon tier. Um, Gordon, McCaffrey, and uh, James Conner. I think that those would be three really excellent running backs to play in cash as well. Uh, and it saves you a bunch of money. So I, I don't think you necessarily have to have those guys. Um, I don't know if it's even necessarily preferred, like especially playing two of them. I definitely don't think that that is the preferred option this week. Um, so I, I prefer Gurley, but it, there's definitely a really good chance that I just don't have either of those guys in my cash lineup. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I'm going to have to come around on Melvin Gordon. Like, I've kind of just been the anti-Melvin Gordon guy all year, but if he's going to get 13 targets in the passing game, like, it's just impossible to fade that production. You know, even if he's not great as a runner, if he's going to be that involved as a receiver, it's just, it's really hard not to like him at his current salary. Um, All right, who are some of the, uh, is there any other high price guys that you're considering as a pivot for GPPs? We'll say, like, 6K plus in terms of salary. Jonesy. Yeah, I mean, I, it's so annoying that like the, the coaching staff in Arizona is just going to like completely ruin David Johnson this year. 
Like his A dot was like less than a yard. Like you have that weapon and they're just like throwing him out into the flat and like doing nothing with them. It's just it's super tilting. So I wish that it was him. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I feel like I'm probably just going to eat the chalk up here. Like I'm not I'm not crazy about anybody else up here. And I really feel like the three guys that Amico was just talking about between um, Gordon McCaffrey and Connor are probably just like where I'm going to go and just kind of rotate those guys through. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. I, I guess we should address Connor since I didn't put him in the outline, but we're all like locking him in in cash this week, I guess. Must play. Yeah. Must, must play. I mean, in tournaments, like he's priced up enough where like you can think about fading him. It's not like last week where we shouldn't have thought about fading him. And we did anyway, like, <laughs> 6,700, like there's, there's paths to failure in terms of like GDP value, but in cash, like the usage is just way, way, way too good, especially in a high scoring game. So like what, what would you guys consider the price where you'd probably stop considering him in, in cash? 8K. Yeah. It might even be higher for me. Like I think, I really think that like if you told me that he would play the whole season, like he might be my RB1. Like that was going to be my answer to the question before is it, is Alvin Kamara the RB one? No, because it's James fucking Connor. Like <laughs> the, the usage is there and he's fucking good. He is good. And like, I think if you're in a dynasty league, you should try and buy him because regardless of what happens with Le'Veon Bell, like it seems like he's going to be the guy next year. So yep. yeah, I think that you, you want him badly in a dynasty league, but that's not what the show is about. So let's get back on the DFS train. Uh, Miko, any high price guys that we haven't mentioned yet that you're looking at? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to throw out Kareem Hunt. Uh, I like Kareem Hunt this week quite a bit as a uh, a pivot. He got more rushing work than I expected last week. Um, he had like a 70, uh, roughly 72 and a half percent command of the market share there. Spencer Hill was le- uh, Spencer Ware was less involved as a rusher than I thought he was going to be. He just didn't get the goal line touches because they ran those, you know, little like passes that were kind of runs, jet sweep type things. So if he gets some goal line touches this week, I think he's uh, in a position to score some touchdowns, you know, in a, in a favorable matchup against the Steelers. So I-, I will throw him in there to go with all the guys we've already mentioned. Um, all right, let's go cheaper. Who are some of the cheap guys that you're looking at? Amico, we'll start with you this time. All right, cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Shady, 5,700. Uh, I think the usage that we can kind of expect from him in a game that's a little closer is still going to be pretty high. Uh, I mean, we literally just talked about uh, laying the points, how like we think that this is a spot that the Bills probably should cover. Um, so that would involve, I think, pretty heavy Shady. Lamar Miller, again, like another high snap, high volume guy. Only 5,400 against uh, Tennessee. Deion Lewis is 5K. Uh, way, way outproduced Derrick Henry last week. And if you want to go uh, super cheap, Alfred Morris, 3,600. Obviously yeah. splitting with Brita, but Brita's 4,800. Like I, the, the price discrepancy there really just doesn't make sense to me. And uh, I think Detroit is a hashtag tasty matchup. I like that call. Um, I'm definitely also very on board Deion Lewis. Uh, Jones... Who do you like here in this low tier? Yeah, the, you guys just took everybody. So just well, I didn't take everybody. I'm going to add in Royce Freeman. Uh, I know that the 
Philip Lindsay buzz is high right now in Denver, but I think that this matchup might be one where they want more of like a traditional between the tackles type running back. You know, like if they're trying to milk the clock, if they have a lead against Oakland, I think he might get a a bigger share of the uh, rushing workload this week. And I think that he's probably the guy if they get around the goal line. So uh, I like Royce Freeman as, you know, a, a low owned GPP type of play. Um, you know, ever since I started doing these podcasts for Rotoviz, people have been asking me for advice. Usually it's which team to bet on so that they can fade them. But the truth is, I don't know who's going to win. Uh, I like to think that I know who's going to win, but I'm wrong quite often. You can check out uh, my bookie yourself if you have a gut feeling on these games. And it's just as important who you're betting with than who you're betting on. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. These guys are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great online reviews, very easy to use mobile site. Uh, I would only recommend a service that has been good to me and my listeners. And that's why I am urging you to make your way to my bookie in-game live betting, uh, over-unders on fantasy points, which I think is a really, really cool perk that they have that, uh, you know, not a lot of sites have come on with yet. And they are giving you a little bonus if you're willing to deposit later in the day. If you do it after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they will give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over 100 bucks. That's in addition to using the promo code ROTOVIZ, where they will match any deposit made up to $1,000 in free play. So do it after 7 p.m., get the extra 25 bucks, use the Rotoviz code, get your deposit match, and uh, that's it. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.ag. It's lit. All right, let's move on to wide receivers. Uh, Anthony, uh, geez, Antonio Brown's performance in week one, I think kind of flew under the radar, but I was pretty impressed with it given the wind conditions there and how poorly Roethlisberger played. Uh, how are you prioritizing this week? Do you think that you can get him in in cash games given that we feel like you want to pay up at least to the McCaffrey tier at running back? And uh, how will your strategy change with Brown in relation to GPPs? Amico. Yeah, I mean, I think that if we're playing that McCaffrey tier at running back, that kind of allows us the flexibility to get AB if we're willing to pay down to like a couple other spots at, you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, tight end. Um, so I would probably rather have AB at 8,800 than Gurley at 92. I just think that there's definitely a little bit more of a need there in the receiver slot. But I, I certainly don't think it's necessary. I mean, my initial cash build is pretty balanced. I don't know if you have to pay all the way up the salary scale at either position. Um, but no matter what, I'm certainly like, there's just never going to be a week where I don't have AB. Like, he just has the highest ceiling at the position, uh, especially in this kind of a matchup where I think there's going to be just a ton of points scored against the Chiefs. Uh, and obviously, I like Big Ben. So you know that I'm going to have AB exposure in tournaments. Um, he's just like a every week kind of guy, especially when there's going to be scoring. Jonesy. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think you can definitely fit him in. Like if you if you go Connor McCaffrey and Gordon, you can still pay up for him if you like punt tight end and uh, and find some value like at, uh, the other wide receiver spots. So, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like most weeks you need to probably find a way to put him on a couple of your lineups if you're not it's going to be tough sledding for you for the most part so 
I will definitely have uh, a bit of him in GPPs. Uh, I don't know if I'll get there in cash, but um, I guess that just depends if any other value opens up. I mean, do you, are you guys like he's 8,800 on DraftKings and Michael Thomas is 8,600. Like we're all in agreement that you pay, you find the extra 200 bucks and get to Brown, right? Uh, well, I mean, in cash, I kind of would want to have some Saints exposure. Like I'm going to have Connor. So I wouldn't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm necessarily like, I, I definitely like see what you're saying. Like I, I think that straight up AB is a better play. But from a lineup construction standpoint, I might I might just take Thomas. Interesting. Yeah, me yeah. too. I I think it's not enough of a discount to to just go like based off of that for me. Are either of you guys confident enough that you'd like to make a side wager on this? No, because I love Antonio Brown. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll I'll do that. So Thomas versus AB straight up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Nice first side bet of the season. Booked. There we go. Um. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm obviously Team Antonio Brown. Uh, I want him in cash, and I want a lot of him in GPPs. Um, who are some other guys that you're considering at wide receiver for cash games? I think we're definitely looking for some value plays here, but if you have somebody in the mid-range that you like, feel free to go for them too. Uh, Jonesy, kick it off for us. Oh, thanks for uh, thanks for being a little more flexible with this one, uh, Mark. <laughs> Appreciate it. No problem. <laughs> Um, I mean, I guess I'm going like relatively cheap, like Randall Cobb is definitely up there for me. Um, last week, obviously he had uh, a great game that everybody saw being at night. So maybe that bumps his ownership up a little bit, but I don't really care in a cash game. Um, and outside of that, like I'll, I'm sort of considering, I guess I kind of want your opinions on a noon too. like 10 targets, three in the red zone last week. Like, I think that that's at least encouraging at 4,700. I think that that's something that we would want to pay for that kind of volume. So those are the two guys that sort of stuck out to me immediately. And then I'll leave some, uh, leave some other guys for you to talk about. I love Anunwa. I think he's the Jets wide receiver one. Um, Darnold just hasn't shown a willingness to throw the ball down the field. And that's, you know, the Robbie Anderson territory where, where Darnold has really, shown a willingness to throw the ball, you know, in week one and during the preseason is short over the middle of the field. And that's where Anunwa lives. So I think he's a great cash play this week at 4,700. I like him quite a bit. Okay. I feel better now. Uh, Miko, what are your thoughts here? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to stand hard for my man, Corey Davis, 5,100 saw 13 targets in week one. Now Delaney Walker is down. I mean, Maybe John Drew Smith doesn't step right in and inherit that whole role. Uh, and Rashard Matthews is still kind of like slowly making his way back into the lineup. Like, I think we'd be looking at a huge Corey Davis target share. Um, and again, just 5,100. I think that's a very, very fair price. I think hey. it's pretty, sorry. I no, was going to say, I think it's pretty reasonable to assume that like John Smith is pro, even if he's like 80% of, what Walker was like that still leaves a chunk because of how much volume he typically saw. So I I don't really see him just completely right. Like completely taking that over and just getting everything Delaney would have saw. Yeah. I I mean, that's, that's definitely reasonable. Uh, I love this like low to mid four K tier at receivers. Uh, I love Kenny Galladay at 4,800. You know, he led the lions wide receivers in snaps last week. And like I mentioned earlier, was leading them in targets prior to garbage time. Uh, I think he's a great play. 
I love Devin Funches at 4,700 if Greg Olson is out. Like his numbers after Olson got hurt last year were excellent. So I think he's uh, a really strong play against Atlanta. And if Deshaun Jackson doesn't play, I think you have to consider Chris Godwin as well at 4,600. You know, his records uh, when he sees a bunch of snaps and gets targets are pretty, pretty staggering. So he caught a touchdown last week. If, if Deshaun was out, I think he would be another guy that's a really strong play. So I think there are, there are tons of viable value options here at wide receiver this week. This is why you don't have to pay all the way up. <laughs> all right, let's switch to, to GPPs. Uh, and we'll start at the top. Is there anybody at the top of the pricing spectrum that you're considering as a pivot? Amico. Yeah, I mean, I, I think all the top price guys as we get the position are going to carry uh, some ownership, but I, I do think that like the clear lowest owned is probably going to be Hopkins. Um, you know, all the other guys really had good games. I mean, Brown, when you consider the weather, had a really good game. Thomas and Julio both dominated. They, you know, just completely blew up. The couple guys below Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, all those guys are really well. And then there's Hopkins that just you know, very, very quietly still accounted for over 30% of team targets. Um, but, you know, didn't go over 100 yards and didn't score. So I, I really like Hopkins. Uh, I do not think that Tennessee has the same kind of personnel, obviously, as New England. Uh, certainly not schematically. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to take him out of the game like they did, uh, relatively speaking. And, uh, you know, Hopkins is always a threat to have like a really big game. So I'm buying a Houston bounce back. And a big part of that is definitely Hopkins. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think it's going to be tough to find low-owned guys in this range. So, you know, he's he's somebody that's definitely on my radar. Uh, Jonesy, what do you think here? Yeah, same thing. I mean, it's it's going to be pretty flat, um, the ownership up here. So really just whoever you can afford is probably worth it up here. Like, obviously, I'm pretty high on Thomas this week. And, I mean, what Julio see, like 19 targets, like, I think it'd be too sad if he saw that again when we rostered him. So I'll I'll go there again too, even yeah. though he's not going to score a touchdown. We know that. But. <laughs> if he does, it'll come from outside the red zone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, Julio is super interesting. I mean, I'm I'm honestly not sure what to do with him. Like, I I, I definitely like Brown over him, but it's if he's going to get that volume, it's it's pretty scary to consider fading him. Um, all right, let's move down the spectrum a little bit. Who are some of the guys, mid-range, low-range, that you think might have lower ownership in GPPs that you're excited about, uh, Jonesy? Um, yeah, I mean, I I guess I sort of was cheating with one of these, so I'll save it for later. But I think with Goodwin out, I think Garcon could make some sense. Obviously, you have Kittle there who will probably see a ton of targets as well. But um, I, I don't really, I don't really see a ton of, of downside with with Garcon I think that he could be pretty good considering the tough matchup last week obviously he didn't show up terribly but um I think that game could go over which um is something that I want to be a part of so I'll I'll go with Garcon being uh being a high ceiling guy this week Mika I mean Chris Hogan just saw like a a big sorry a big that was my guy I mean, you can talk about him. I have other guys if you want to. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> but, I mean, he saw a big drop off in salary and, uh, you know, still doesn't have Julian Edelman there. Still going to be attacking in the middle of the field. And uh, that's where we beat Jacksonville in the middle of the field. So I, 
you know, you're getting, you're taking Hogan who last week was like a good play and was like 20% owned. And now you're getting him at like 1%. Like, I just think that that's a, that's a play to, to attack for sure. Yeah. If you're looking for other guys who have poor matchups, but I think are just underpriced and, and could be uh, viable. Larry Fitzgerald, definitely somebody I'm interested in, even though the Rams cornerbacks look, you know, pretty, pretty tough against Oakland. Um, I still think he's somebody I might have, and I'm going down the Amari Cooper well again. Yes. Um, all it takes is one play from that guy, and I'm going to probably lose money on him all year, and I'm fine with it. So, <laughs> Goddamn John Gruden. <laughs> yeah, he said he's, he figured out that he has to get him the ball, so maybe that'll help him. I don't know. Yeah, he also was wondering why he couldn't pressure the quarterback the other night. Like, how <laughs> dumb can you possibly be? You just shipped him off to Chicago, that's why. <laughs> all right, before moving on to tight ends, I want to challenge all of you to join our special Listeners League on DraftKings. Uh, didn't fill last week. We're going down to 25 people, $3, uh, $5. I believe it's going to pay out the top two spots, Jones, we said. Yep. Okay, let's let's fill it up this week, guys. Come on. Uh, I want to I wanna test my skills against our listeners. I know we have some guys out there who are super sharp. So if you think you can take us down, now is your chance to prove it. Uh, check out our Twitter feeds, at Matt LaMarca, at Amixa, at Matt Jones TFR, and we'll all be tweeting the link out throughout the week. Um, hopefully we fill it up this week, so make sure to check that out. I really, I'm counting on you guys. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. All right, let's move on to tight end. Uh, Gronk. Did not disappoint in week one. Played every single snap for the Patriots. Uh, you know, had over 100 yards and obviously a touchdown because, well, he's Gronk. So uh, we were all kind of anti-Gronk, I think. Uh, Jones, you weren't here week one, so you might have been a little higher on him than me and Amico were. H- how does your philosophy change for this matchup versus the Jaguars? Is he somebody that you're looking to play this week or are, are you going to continue to fade him? I'm personally continuing to fade him. So uh, I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Yeah. I mean, my, my philosophy on him doesn't really change like there, unless it's no, I can't even really think of a reason why I would change it. Like I just, I'm not paying that much for a tight end, especially when there are so many plays that I like otherwise, like if it's a, if it's a week with, you know, a ton of bye weeks and I'm sort of like, having a hard time finding somebody in that like high six, low seven range, then maybe I'll play him in cash one week, but it it's never, it's never really a consideration for me. So I'm, um, I'm standing pat with my, with my Gronk fade for, uh, for cash at least. Amico. It's a no for me dog. Um, yeah. I mean, the time to play Gronk is when he's not Gronking, you know, like when yes. the salary is low, he just Gronked. And that means the salary is high, 7K. Like, I'd rather play the next tier of tight ends. Well, let's talk about that next tier of tight ends because they all kind of disappointed last week. Ertz, Kelsey, Jimmy Graham. Uh, Jordan Reed is now in that vicinity at 5K. He did score a touchdown, but only had four for 48. How are you approaching these guys, Amico? Yeah, I mean, I think that if you're going to pay up a little bit in cash games, this is kind of the tier to address. Uh both Kelsey and Ertz, I think, are, are underpriced still relative to their usage. Uh, Ertz, especially, uh, you know, without Alshon there, is still going to be, you know, a mid to upper 20s, probably market share guy uh, on the regular. And 
and Tampa's defense is just completely, completely decimated right now. So I, I really like that spot. You know, obviously Kelsey is, is a hashtag good pledge because of uh, like the overall scoring that we expect in the Kansas City game. Uh, I do still respect Pittsburgh's defense, though, uh, a lot more than I say I would respect Tampa's. So I, I think I prefer Ertz, but both of these guys, I think, are going to be good plays this weekend. Yeah, I really like Ertz. I mean, he didn't produce in week one, but he had a market share of over 29% for the Eagles. So uh, I think he's a locked in, you know, big factor in that passing game. I'm a big Ertz guy. I'm buying him heavily in GPPs. Um, Jonesy, what would you like to add here? Yeah, I I just I wanted to point out that Ertz is better with Foles than Wentz, according to the Road of His Game Splits app. So just wanted to throw that out there. I thought more, that was interesting. More pro Earth's propaganda. Yeah, and you you threw uh, you threw Angram in here too. I just want to say that like it's it's the most frustrating thing in the world to watch that guy try to catch a ball. Like <laughs> it's it's just horrible. Just I watching mean, him. Like I'm I'm that, holding. I disagree. I'm going to cut you off because no no no. no. If you watch that it's... drop. <laughs> <laughs> he has the most unexplicable drops in. Of anybody like that's that athletic that I've ever seen in my life. It's like vintage, like Braylon Edwards, like just straight through the hands nonsense. <laughs> I mean, if you're watching Evan Ingram, that means you're watching the Giants. So by default, Evan Ingram cannot be the most frustrating thing that you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I will say about Ingram that was a positive, and you know, the Giants are playing on Sunday night, so he's not a part of the main slate, but their offense when they threw the ball was basically just four guys. You know, it was just Odell, Sterling Shepard, Ingram, and Saquon. And I think that's plus EV for the Giants. And I think that does mean he'll have some usable weeks. But uh, yeah, I think his price needs to come down a little bit before I'm excited to play him. Yeah, dump him. See you later. Wow, <laughs> <I'll> dump him. <laughs> All right. I'm really excited about the cheap tier of tight ends this week. Uh, I think there are some guys that are, you know, around 3K that I think are very viable options. So let's dive into some of those. Uh, Amico, who are some cheap guys that you're looking at? I mean, I guess we have to talk about Jared Cook, right? 3,600, the inexplicable focal point of the Raider passing game in week one, 12 targets, nine catches. I, I like... This is a Derek Carr problem too. Like Derek Carr is not really taking a lot of chances. And he's I hate like, Derek Carr. Yeah, way overrated. Very willing to like just play the middle of the field. And you know, Denver is like a pretty similar defense to um, the Rams. Like really, really good at defensive back, but kind of weak in the middle. So I this kind of projects as another game where Gruden's gonna be like, oh, you know, we we just can't get the ball to Amari Cooper, so we're gonna throw it to Jared Cook middle of the field open, you know, like just doing John Gruden stupid fucking things. So, but 30, 3,600, I mean, obviously like if the game wasn't played on Monday night, like that price would be a lot higher. So I think there's yeah. a lot of value there. Yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, Jonesy, who are some of the cheaper guys you're looking at? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Um, I, I mentioned them earlier. I think Kittle, Really, regardless of whether or not Goodwin's in, but especially if Goodwin's out, just because like there there aren't a ton of options there, I think that he makes um, he makes quite a bit of sense. So I'll probably I think he'll be chalky, but I'll probably be at least like sort of matching 
ownership with him when I build, if I even decide to build 150 lineups, because we didn't talk about this, but that's like the worst thing that you could possibly do with your time, by the way. Like 150 lineups is completely unmanageable. I just want that on the record for everybody because that's the dumbest thing I've ever spent my time on. I uh, I couldn't disagree more. You just, you just you need to use a lineup builder. Like it's I did, but then I like, but then I'm like micromanaging, and I'm like I can't get it exactly how I want it. So then I end up building stuff by hand, and then I'm like my eyes are like bloodshot and I'm just like losing my mind by the end of it. It, it was not, it was not a good situation. for oh, me. That sounds Saturday. like a personal problem. So I, I'm still very pro. Uh, my brain can't handle these things. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, Kittle is shaping up, I think to be like the chalk at tight end, but again, I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford him in my cash team at 3,800. Like I know that that's cheap given that he had a huge market share in week one, but I'm really probably going to need a a punt. And I think there are some punts that are just super sexy this week. I love Ricky Seals Jones at 2,900. He had a nice market share in week one, and we just saw what happened against the Rams with the tight end position. I don't expect him to be featured as highly as Jared Cook was, but I think that, you know, the Rams corners, like that's going to be a trend that we're going to look at. Like, Teams are going to avoid them, and that leaves Ricky Seals-Jones. Uh, I think David Njoku at 3K is going to be a nice play. He uh, played a ton of snaps for Cleveland, and I think that they'll throw more this week. I think Tyrod will obviously complete better than you know 37% of his passes. So I'm still buying David Njoku for sure. Uh, we mentioned already Johnny Smith, but I think he's in play at just 3,100. And uh, I like Ryan Griffin a little bit, too, at 2,700. So I have no problem going with some dirt cheap guys at tight end this week. Uh, I mean, I can definitely vibe with that. And uh, like you said last week, like you're really into like get the cheapest guy that you think can score. Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys that I th- that can probably do that, you know, <laughs> like uh, and I think uh, Jesse James is going to be really nice in tournaments like he's. He's like always the sneaky multi touchdown threat in like the games where Ben throws five. And this is definitely like a Ben could throw five spot. Yeah, he's literally popping as the top tight end in my model right now on DraftKings. So I am on board with Jesse James as well. Speaking of Ben's, um, any uh any Ben Watson love or that was a little uh I just feel like that the total is sort of drawing me towards that game. And if we're gonna say like Njoku could score, I, I would imagine that. Ben Watson could probably score as well. Not like the not the not the highest floor in the world, but I'm just uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm out on old man Ben. Uh, like, how dare you? <laughs> he's 3,400. All those other guys I talked about are cheaper than that, so I'd rather play them. Incur. All right. Well, see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to defenses. Uh, the Rams and the Chargers—they're the two most expensive options for Week Two. Uh, largely because of their matchups. Are you considering paying up for one in cash? And are we still on board with the complete fade of the chalk defenses and GPPs? Jonesy. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to end up paying down um, in cash and I'm definitely going to fade them in GPPs. I'm I'm open to, to paying up for them in cash games. I did it last week with Baltimore and that worked out pretty well for me. But yeah, again, it's like a complete fade in GPPs. 
well, I mean, it's worth mentioning, like, does the jo- does Josh Allen starting instead of Nathan Peterman, like, does that change for you the outlook? Probably not. <laughs> I don't think Josh Allen. I mean, he's probably better than Nathan Peterman, who might yeah, be I was the, gonna say, I the think worst that might be quarterback in the, in the history of the NFL. But, you know, Josh Allen is a guy who I think is going to be pretty loose with the football as well. So. All right. So hear me out. Josh Allen and cash. No. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you, nice and cheap. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm on team like hashtag don't pay for D, so I'm not going to pay up for any of these defenses unless they're low owned, and uh, it's a tournament. Um, and I'm I'm not I'm not paying the playing the chalk ever. So Chargers, no. I mean, I think that uh, I think that the Rams are going to come in a little lower than we think, but uh, Chargers hard pass. All right, so if we're not playing those two in GPPs, who are we playing, Amico? Uh, I mean, tons of great options at defense. I mean, I I think that the Titans, again, like another cheap defense going up against Houston. Um, they're still giving up sacks in Houston, I hear. And uh, yes. Sean Watson is still throwing interceptions. So uh, I like that. Uh, I like Washington against the Colts, not because I don't, don't buy Andrew Luck, but because I do not buy literally anyone else in the offense other than T.Y. Hilton. And uh, like I, the offensive line in particular is obviously terrible. So th- those are the guys I like on the cheap brand. And then if I'm paying up, uh, always into Denver, always and forever into Denver. And uh, of course, Philly. Yeah, I, I agree with pretty much all of that. Um, I will say that I also will have some Minnesota exposure, I think, at just 2,600. Oh, yeah. Like, I think if Rodgers is a little hobbled, there might be some more sack opportunities for the taking. And we know that Minnesota can get after the quarterback, so I'll, I will add them in. If Kaiser, if Kaiser ends up starting, that's like they become, the play, yeah, they right? become the chalk. I think um, Jonesy. Yeah, I mean that those are pretty much the ones I'm thinking of rotating in. I, I might throw in some uh, some New Orleans just because of the spread, um, but that's probably it. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. I mean there's very rarely going to be a time where you can get a 10 point favorite on the road or at home. Sorry. Uh, that will probably have minimal ownership because nobody's going to play them after what happened last right. week against Tampa. So I'm definitely on board with that too. Um, what about Houston defense? Like I know Mario, if Mario to plays versus if Gabbert plays, like, will you consider Houston at all either way? Mm, yeah, I guess you kind of have to just because of how they played last week. Um, if Gabbert doesn't play, if Gabbert plays, it's kind of like he's going to be in the mix. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think both defenses in that game are playable. Uh, both offenses, I think, have made a lot of mistakes. Like there's really no reason to trust, I think, those guys. Okay. Um, all right, let's move on to our millionaire maker segment. I'm asking for one guy that you think will have you know, we'll say like 5% ownership or less, but hopefully more like in the 1% to 2% range that you think can be a tournament winner this week. Uh, Amico, we will let you have the honors. Wow. I got to go first. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, g- I'm going to go with Chris Hogan, who we were talking about before. Like, I just think the there's always multi-TD upside when you're playing with Tom Brady. Um, a 1%, like Tom Brady's number one wide receiver at 1% ownership to me is just like a, a must play. Yeah. I like that call. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm a fan of that call. Uh, Jonesy. All right. 
Hear me out now. Oh, Uh-oh. baby. I'm excited. <laughs> I am. Call- I love that you're a dad. <laughs> I am calling for a 25-point game from Lamar Miller this weekend. Damn. Let's go. snaked again. That was my pick. Sorry. So I'm on. I, yeah, I like that call quite a bit. Um, Lamar Miller with Deshaun Watson is just a much better football player. And he dominated the touches. So I'm totally on board with that call. Uh, I like it. Yeah. And just missed the bonus last week, which is like, a, you know, 98 yards versus 100 yards makes like a huge difference in a lot of people's minds. So like the low ownership is going to be real. My call was also uh, Lamar Miller. So I'm going to pivot to Jesse James, who Amico mentioned earlier. E. I'm calling the double tutty week from Jesse James at tight end. Nice. All right. I want a bold call. I mean, I guess that kind of are <laughs> Jones. You kind of gave us one already. I with got another one. Mello, 25 <laughs> points. All right. I'm ready. Let's go. Hit me. Galladay is going to score two touchdowns and Detroit wins. I like that. I, I picked Detroit on our picks show on the laying the points. Um, they were one of my best bets of the week. So I love the Detroit call and I am a Kenny Galladay stan. So love it. Amico, give me a bold call. Uh, Big Ben five touchdowns. I mean, I don't think that uh, I don't think the Chiefs play any defense. I think that Ben is going to be hucking it down the field, and uh, I mean, whether it's AB, Juju, Jesse James, James Connor, Mrs. Connor, like anyone can get open against these Chiefs. So uh, I think Ben's going to have a day. Man, now my my call feels pretty unbold now, but I'm going to say two touchdowns for Kareem Hunt. So, I mean, the guy like barely scores, I feel like. So that's a good, that's a good bold call. So, uh, yeah, I mean, my, 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 I feel like my take has been neutered by a five <laughs> touchdown call for Ben Roethlisberger and two for Kenny G. So I'll be, I'll be enjoying the smooth jazz sounds of Kenny G this week if, uh, <laughs> in my GPP teams for sure. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this edition of On the Daily. Please be sure to rate to uh, subscribe to rate and review our podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And please, I'm begging you guys, get in the listeners league. Try and take us down. For Anthony and Matt, I am Matt LaMarca. Good luck this week. Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS.